Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a law that extends California's eviction moratorium to September 30th. The state will also pay for all rental debt for tenants who are eligible. It's a program that's desperately needed to help those who owe a lot of money because of the pandemic. They're hoping that by giving folks more time, this additional three months, that could maybe give the state an additional time to really get the money out. Today, the plan to settle billions of dollars in back rent over the next three months. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. So the governor has signed this latest extension of the eviction moratorium. This is actually the third time that the legislature has taken this up, and it will go into effect immediately. Molly Solomon is a housing affordability reporter for KQED. She also co-hosts the podcast Sold Out, Rethinking Housing in America. The conversation around the moratorium has really hinged on this fear that if we take away these protections for people, we're going to see this wave of evictions. And that's going to lead to possibly a wave of increased homelessness. 
And so the governor has signed this bill to extend the state's eviction moratorium through the end of September. What do we need to know about this plan? The biggest thing is what you just said, that, that we have more time. It will protect people from getting evicted, for not being able to pay rent until October 1st. The second big thing is that there's a big connection here between these moratoriums and the big pot of money that the federal government gave to states to help clear folks' rent debt. Um, that is, you know, I think it was over $46 billion, billion with a B, that was, you know, passed through a series of stimulus acts. Uh, California got a huge portion of that, about $5.2 billion to dole out. Previous versions of the rent relief program didn't pay landlords and tenants back 100%. It only gave them 80% of the missed rent that they were due. Um, But this new bill that's gone through the legislature and been approved now, they're actually going to bump that up to paying all of the missed rent debt for people who qualify. So that's a big deal. I mean, especially because I think there was a lot of concern, especially from tenant advocates, that maybe landlords wouldn't want to participate in this program because they weren't going to get the full amount of the rent debt due. But but now that we know that there's a commitment to pay 100% of missed rent debt, you know, there could be a lot more interest in participating in this kind of program, uh, and it's going to make landlords and tenants more whole again. Like the earlier moratoriums, I know you still have to pay at least 25% of your rent to avoid eviction. So there's that. But this also doesn't cover all evictions, right? Yeah, so this isn't a blanket ban on all evictions. This is just for folks that can't pay rent and can prove that it's tied to some pandemic hardship. You can still get evicted for things like breaking a lease violation, um, for, you know, if you're landlord wants to take the property off the rental market entirely, or maybe they have a family member that they want to move in. Like, I think there is also a big group here who've actually, you know, done everything they can to pay rent or, you know, pay as much as they can of rent to avoid eviction right now. But the way that they've been doing that is they've been, you know, going to friends and family to borrow money or they've drained their savings or they've gone to take out loans to pay the rent or they've used their credit cards. And those people, they're not going to qualify for this program. That that debt that they've accrued um, could be significant. But since it's, you know, since they've been good on their rent, the rent relief program is not going to apply to them. All right. So that said, if you are a landlord or if you are a tenant, getting all of your debt paid is a really big deal. So how do people go about getting this money? It kind of depends on where you live. There are local programs. There are some programs that are being handled by the county. And then there's the state's program. Housing is key. So there are income eligibility requirements that are on this money. So you do have to make, um, it is 80% at or below the area median income. And you go online and it's a very lengthy application. You know, what we've heard from folks that have filled it out is that it's like 34 pages long if you print it out. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's all these, you know, things that you have to do, like you've got to, you know, upload your documentation or take screenshots or pictures. Uh Uh-huh. 
And, you know, I think these all are also people that have um, gone through some extreme financial stresses right now. I mean, this is happening to people who might have already been stretched really thin. And so to make time to, you know, fill this out and to find all of this information um, and maybe you don't speak English and this is something that you're having to try to find translation for. This can all be really difficult to, to go through right now. Do you have any idea about how many people have already kind of gone through this? We do have some numbers. And what we found out is that about 10% of people who have applied have actually gotten a check from the state. Why has it been so slow? Part of this is that there was no infrastructure for this type of program that existed before the pandemic. The state has said... I think they've used the phrase, they're building the plane as they're flying it. Hmm. But, you know, in some sense, that's true. They, they didn't have some sort of state emergency rent relief system in place. So, you know, in a matter of months, they had to prop this thing up, which is no small feat. It even came up in the discussion of this bill on the floor, you know, and the Assembly and the Senate. People said, OK, we'll support this and we want to give more time but also, the state should be moving faster to get this money out as soon as possible. And, you know, some people questioned why that is. Like, hmm. why are we in a situation where only 10% of the funds that have been applied for have gone out? Why is it taking so long? Is there a way to make this go faster? Because people are really suffering right now. I've talked to uh, a couple different landlords who have done all of the stuff that they've been asked to do. They've filled out their paperwork. They've gotten in touch with their tenants. Um, and they're just waiting at this point. I think that's really frustrating to know that it's not a question of do we have the money, but we need to actually get the money out. What do landlords say about this new proposal, especially now that the rent, re rent relief program will cover 100% of the rent owed? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, when I talked with uh, Tom Bannon, he runs California Apartment Association. They're sort of the, the leading landlord lobbying group in the state of California. You know, he was disappointed. The fact that the state of California is going to pay up to 100% of the uh, lost rent for those qualifying tenants is good news. We just want this moratorium to, eviction moratorium to go away as fast as possible. You know, he talked about concerns that he's heard from his members. He worries that people are taking advantage of this program. He feels like, you know, this is also going to put landlords in a situation where if they haven't been getting their money, um, that could actually hurt the housing market as well. They find themselves, one, still having to pay the mortgage, still having to pay the insurance, still having to pay maintenance costs, still having to pay taxes. And some of them are um, having a very, very difficult time hanging on. He, he was pretty critical of the rent relief program and how it's been going out so far. He said, you know, if the state got its act together and actually distributed the funding correctly, we wouldn't have to have a conversation about a moratorium right now. And what about the tenants and, and tenant groups? How are they feeling about this plan? Yeah, tenants rights groups are feeling cautiously optimistic about this plan. They're definitely taking it as a victory. I think a lot of renters and a lot of advocates were hoping that the extension would be longer than September 30th. But we're relieved that Sacramento has finally provided tenants with the relief that they needed to know that June 30th was not a cliff. 
I spoke with a legislative advocate for tenant rights groups, Brian Augusta. He's with the California Rural Legal Assistance Foundation. Um, And I mean, I think for him, he was equally frustrated with the slow rollout of the state relief dollars. Um, And, and, you know, I think he was worried, are we going to get to a point where, you know, three months from now, we're having the same conversation? How do we end this eviction moratorium? And is it going to result in a bunch of people who are still waiting for their money getting evicted from their homes? If we can get all of this money out the door, we can prevent the long-term impacts of the of debt that is looming for a lot of tenants who have been unable to pay the rent. We're going to need to make sure that we aren't creating a new generation of debtors who are left with huge rent burden because they weren't able to access this program and are sort of left behind. Well, and so that brings me to my next question, which I think is the big question. Can the state get this money out by the new eviction moratorium deadline of September 30th? I mean, that's like the $5.2 billion question, right? (laughs) I think if you spoke to tenant advocates, they would say that they question if that's enough time, you know, since the beginning. Um, they and Assembly member David Chu, who's the one who who wrote this bill and, you know, has been an advocate and a sponsor of, of extending an eviction moratorium. You know, they said we had originally asked to have this expanded all the way through 2021, the rest of the year. Um, they thought that would be the amount of time needed to actually, A, get this program up and running successfully and get it out to all the people who needed it to avoid that wave of evictions that everybody fears. So I think there is some concern that, hey, are we just, you know, kind of kicking the can down the road? That's a big question. Is it going to be enough time? I don't think anybody expects these moratoriums to last forever. You know, they are going to end at some point. The rent is going to come due. Um, And I think what a lot of housing advocates are thinking about now is, is this an opportunity? You know, we've now put forth a historic amount of money that is going to renters and landlords to clear these debts. Uh, Is there anything that we can do going forward to keep some of these protections permanent, whether those be some sort of, uh, you know, permanent emergency rent relief fund, so that when the next disaster happens, maybe there is a way that we can leverage federal support to help people and we don't have to wait or we won't have to deal with a clunky rollout, that infrastructure will already exist. So I, I think those are sort of the things that people are thinking about beyond September 30th is, uh, is there something that we can learn from everything that we've just seen in the pandemic to help make housing more affordable looking forward? Molly, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. One thing Molly is also watching is whether California's rent relief program will be truly accessible for everyone. And there are already signs that this has been a big problem. Recently, a group called the San Francisco Anti-Displacement Coalition filed a formal complaint against the state, saying that not enough is being done to help tenants who speak little English and tenants with disabilities. Molly Solomon is a housing affordability reporter for KQED. She also co-hosts the podcast Sold Out, Rethinking Housing in America. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. Issa Mendoza writes our Friday newsletter. Shailen Martos is our production assistant. And 
I have some wonderful news about Shaylin, who joined us in January through San Francisco State University's Raul Ramirez Diversity Fund Internship. Shaylin's been hired as an associate producer at YR Media, where she'll work in their newsroom and help young people work on their stories. She'll be just over the Bay Bridge in Oakland, so she ain't going far, and I know this isn't the last you'll hear of her voice. Thank you so much, Shaylin, for everything you've done. We are all going to really miss you here. Ah, working with y'all has been a dream, so I'm very, very happy. And just a reminder that starting next week, we are going to be taking a break for the month of July, but we'll be back with you in August. The Bay is a production of KQED Public Media in San Francisco. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.